Well, good morning. Uh, good to be with you again. I'm in my kitchen diner. Uh, it's changed again as of last Sunday, uh, but it's great to be able to speak to you. We're speaking uh, to you on a new series for times like this. We looked at Esther last week, and today we're looking at Joseph. Um, it's a great story. It's a long story from Genesis 37 to chapter 50. Um, I'm going to try and make a long story short. Um, so it's quite a well-known story. Most of you will know of this story um, with Joseph and his Technicolor dream coat. And uh, so I'm just going to give you a very quick overview. It's about a family, family of Jacob. He's the father. He has 12 sons. One of those is Joseph, and Joseph is his favorite son. He, as a result, has a really nice coat uh, that he gets to wear. And um, his brothers are not keen on that. Joseph has a dream, and his brothers are even less keen. And so they plot to kill him. Uh, he ends up um, being sold as a slave. He ends up in Potiphar's house, working there. From there, he goes to prison. From there, he goes to the palace. And from there, he goes to prime minister. And he manages uh, to pull off, essentially, uh, saving a nation from famine by a strategic gift that God has given him, and he rescues many people um, as a result. It's a great story, and uh, it's a story of preparation, really. Joseph was being prepared for something much greater, and I feel like that's what God's doing at the moment in this nation with the virus and uh, with where we're at as churches. God's kind of finally got us out of churches, and he's got a got us as individuals in different places and doing different things and perhaps some time to uh, reflect on uh, what God is doing. And um, I believe that God wants to do something new in, in churches, in churches in Bournemouth together, in the nation um, and in our lives as his people. And so the message today can be summed up really in a sentence and it's this, it's, it's be open to being changed for God's greater blessing. I'm going to use the story of Joseph to look at these three uh, things um, briefly uh, as we go. So firstly, we need to be open to what God's doing in this time. Let me tell you about Dr. Lee. You might have heard this story. He was a doctor in Wuhan in China where the outbreak started. He was um, beginning to see a cluster of flu-like viruses um, in patients that he was treating. And as a result, he, he was thinking about this and wondered if it was a, a strain of corona, and therefore he put out on social media um, to let people know, uh, but also to let his friends know that they needed to wear protective clothing when treating patients in that way. Um, just four days later, the Chinese police uh, pulled him in front of the authorities and they shut him down. They weren't open to his message at that time. They didn't want it to be true, I guess, and they didn't want something like that to come out of, uh, of their patch uh, in the world. And uh, Dr. Lu, um, Dr. Lee, sorry, he, he, um, he died later from the virus, and uh, he left behind a pregnant uh, wife and another child, um, and uh, he's, he hailed as something of a hero now. Uh, in that place. And he himself said that perhaps if they'd have listened, then something's not everything, uh, but something's could have been different as a result. They didn't want to hear 
what he had to say. And it's similar in the story of Joseph. Joseph has this dream and he tells it to his family and uh, his brothers. They, they just don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear that story. And so they try and shut it down. In fact, worse than that, Genesis 37, 39, they say, let's, let's kill him. <laughs> they see him coming on the horizon. They say, let's chuck him in one of those systems. And uh, we'll say that a ferocious animal devoured him and uh, kind of joking. And then we'll see what will come of his dreams. And, um, and that, was, that was what happened. That's what they did. Um, and similar for Jacob. So Jacob's Jacob, uh, the father of Joseph, um, rebuked Joseph when he heard the dream, the second dream, as it were. And um, but he did say this. He said, "But I, he kept the matter in mind." We can read in verse eleven. And I want us to be open, like Jacob was open, uh, keeping the matter in mind in terms of what is God wanting to say to us. Uh, at this time, I really feel we need to be open to what God's doing, not closed off to him and to what he wants to do in us as individuals and in his church at this time. I believe he wants to speak to us. <laughs> you know, and God in my life certainly has spoken to me more when I'm outside of the normal. When I'm on holiday, he speaks more. When I'm at a, uh, a Bible camp, for example, he seems to, I seem to hear him more. And, uh, uh, you know, we're outside of our routine, aren't we? And some of us have more time at the moment, perhaps, um, and our routines have changed. And so I want us to be open to what God is saying. And let's be open, too, for him speaking through different sources. He will speak through the, the normal sources, through his word and through his spirit and through others. Um, but, you know, Joseph was just 17 when he brought this dream and uh, you know, we can so often miss other opportunities. I know my kids have said things in the past which uh, have really spoken to me. Um, I remember one of my boys very early on, um, when I was in a busy season, I'd gone out again, uh, and, and they basically kind of came to me and said, Dad, are you going out again? And I knew at that moment I had to be open to hearing that from them um, because I needed to change something in my life uh, by God's grace to be a good dad uh, to them. So I want us to be open. You see, God is always speaking. He's always working, even when we don't see it. And often we're the ones that are close to what he's doing. And so we're open, yes. Open to what? Well, number two, to being changed. And God wants to change us. He's committed to changing us. He started a work in us, the Bible says, and he's committed to bringing that work to completion for that final day, for when it's most important. And so he is always working in and through us. Romans 12, chapter 2, it says this. It says, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds <laughs> so that you can kind of see what God's will is, see what his plan is and his purposes for your life from this point on. I feel like God wants to change our characters. What does he want to change? Our characters, our hearts, our minds, yes. Uh, renewing those, maybe our relationships, 
maybe some old habits. Maybe he wants to change us as a church as we do things differently in this season. And uh, I felt God talking to me about um, a divine kind of upgrade or a divine reset on Monday morning, just gone the first day of quarantine. Um, my daughter brought her laptop to me and uh, the heading was uh, hard drive uh, default um, imminent failure. And I was like, is that me or is that the system? I hope it's the system, but I didn't want it to be the system because we don't have enough devices for them all to work at the same time at the moment, uh, which is what's happening in our house. And uh, spoke to a friend in the church who's going to do something with it. They're going to put a new hard drive in it. And uh, as a result, it will be a different um, computer. And sometimes in the, in the busyness and haste of life and in the normal routine of life, um, things get clogged up and cloudy, don't they? And, and I wonder if God's doing a divine reset for us. And uh, in this period... We're going to get back to kind of what it really means to have a relationship with him. There are going to be some general things that God's going to do. He's going to teach us to pray, I think. <laughs> I'm beginning to pray in a different way than what I prayed before. He's going to teach us to come back to his word and have times of intimacy, worship with him in deeper ways than we've had before. I think he's going to explode us out of our boxes for what it means to be a witness and how we can really love our neighbours. So there's general things that God's going to do, and, but there's also some specific things, I think, that he wants to do in you. I don't know what they are, but God does. And maybe he'll start and put a finger on them uh, even today. Uh, let's have a look at some of the things that Joseph uh, had to work through. He was in Potiphar's house. He was serving him. He was given favour by God. And he was learning maturity, wasn't he, and responsibility in that place, which would be really helpful for what he was going to do later. But then comes a kind of a moment where he has to overcome. It's a moment of temptation. Potiphar's wife had basically flung herself upon Joseph. He was a good-looking guy. And, um, and, and, and he had a, a moment to resist that temptation um, or to indulge within it. And uh, he stood firm. He, he maintained his righteousness in God and fled. He left his jacket and he just wanted to get out of there, which is exactly the right thing to do. The Bible says that if we uh, resist temptation, we can, we can flee from the evil one who will want to uh, ensnare us. And in this season, I want to encourage you to, to beware of the enemy's schemes. You know, maybe when you've got more time on your hands, and it can work both ways, where you're super busy, or if you've got more time, the enemy can come in and, in, in, and he, can, he can distract you and disrail you. So beware temptation in this time. Maybe for you, it's, it's drinking. Um, I was surprised to see that the off-license have become essential shops at the moment, um, kind of, says what a kind of state we're in as a, as a nation, that that is the case. Maybe it's eating, maybe it's gossiping for you. Um, maybe it's just binging on box sets. Uh, maybe it's um, watching stuff you shouldn't be watching. Whatever it is for you, beware <laughs> and resist in these days. So Joseph got put into prison for being falsely accused of doing things with Potiphar's wife. 
and uh, he had plenty of time, 10 years they think that he was in prison to think about the betrayal of his brothers, to mull over forgiveness, to work through why he'd been kind of wronged in this way and the result was prison and why his destiny hadn't yet come to pass. And uh, there's a moment where the cupbearer and the baker are put into prison. They Pharaoh had banished them and they were in prison and uh, Joseph get the opportunity to interpret a dream that they had each had. And uh, as he interprets that dream, he gets it entirely right. And so the cupbearer gets reinstated to be the cupbearer again to Pharaoh. And Joseph says, remember me, remember we when you get there. But nothing happened. The, I mean, the delay must have been devastating. And the disappointment that Joseph felt in those moments. Maybe... Maybe there's some stuff over this time that uh, those things are part of your history. And I really want to encourage you that God wants to deal with those things in you in this season. And when we cry out, God, what are you doing? Often it's when he's doing the most work in us. <laughs> and so be open to him about what God needs to do in your life by his grace and by the power of his Holy Spirit as we are open to being changed. You know, the journey to Christ-likeness is always marked with difficulty and with suffering. We can look at Jesus's life and see that, and it's for us to pick up our cross and to follow him in that way. Maybe you're not a Christian here today and you're, you're just wanting change but feeling powerless to do it. Maybe some of those things are true of you and you want to see change, but you've got no power within yourself. And the reality is nor have we. It's God working in and through us. And because he's committed to changing us, that we can be more like him. I want to encourage you with Isaiah 55 to seek the Lord while he is near, while he can be found. Go looking for him. He's for you. And uh, he will help you. Kind of get the feeling that if we don't kind of come out of, emerge from this season that we're in now different, that we might have missed something of what God is doing. You know, our current circumstances are never the end of our story. But yet just chapters within it of preparation often for what God wants to do in us in the future, for God's greater story and for his amazing blessing over our lives. He has good works, the Bible says, for us to walk into. And that's for everyone, whether you know him or not. So we want to be open to being changed for God's greater blessing. You know, Joseph, at the just the right time, God's timing is perfect. He lifted him out of kind of, the pit, as it were, and brought him to prominence. Uh, Pharaoh had had a dream. Joseph's had a little bit of practice at this by now, interpreting dreams, and he interprets Pharaoh's dream because nobody else in the land could. And he talks of uh, a famine that is to come, uh, seven years famine and then seven years of abundance. 
And as he talks about this to Pharaoh, he, he, he mentions to Pharaoh that, that, that somebody needs to orchestrate this and to make it come about. And Pharaoh looks around him and thinks, well, who else is as wise as you with the God that you have who can interpret these dreams? And so he makes Joseph prime minister. This is Joseph's moment. He's been prepared for God's greater blessing. The only the great point in the story when Joseph's brothers have been trekking backwards and forwards to visit him to get grain so they could eat. And uh, there's a moment where the whole family now is reunited towards the end of the story. And we get to see what God has been doing over this whole time. Genesis 50, 20, he says, uh, he says, as he speaks to his brothers, he said, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. Joseph brought deliverance to that nation, saving lives by feeding them because of what God had done in his own heart. What's the outcome here? The outcome is forgiveness as they reconcile brothers and Joseph and father. It's reunion and it's salvation. It's it's deliverance. People are finding freedom uh, from where they were trapped before. And I think God wants to do something of that in this time, that as we are changed, we can be instrumental in bringing about his purposes. Families, I believe, will be brought together. People will turn to God, maybe for the first time, or maybe return to God having gone away from him. And there are going to be new dreams that are going to be dreamt in this season. There are going to be new directions that will be taken as a result of this season. And uh, God is in the business of making us ready to be a blessing to others as we emerge from this point together. Because Romans 8, 28, God works all things, even the evil stuff, even the stuff we don't understand, even coronavirus. <laughs> can God use coronavirus? Of course he can. Can God use sibling rivalry? Of course he can. That's what he did in this story. Can he, can he, can he use broken families? Of course he can. And he does. And he will. And he'll use you to bring about great blessing. He works for the good of those who loved him. You know, Jesus was like Joseph, or Joseph was like Jesus, I should say. See, that Joseph was trying to save the very people who were trying to get rid of him, his brothers. And in the same way, Jesus wanted to save those that wanted to put him aside, put him away to crucify him. He went to the cross for those that were falsely accused, for those that were betrayed, for those that were rejected. And he was all those things in these days. And he feels what we feel, therefore, and he knows what we've been through. And God the Father sent him to die for us, <laughs> that 
a huge deliverance would be brought, not just for that time and that place and that people like Joseph, but for all time and for everyone who calls upon his name. You see, the thing that's in us that stops us coming to the Father, our sin was taken by Jesus upon himself, and he died in our place so that we didn't have to die for our sins. And so life came for those who turn to him, for those who repent of their sin and trust in him. They go from famine, as it were, spiritual famine, into spiritual feasting, a relationship with God that starts now in life and will last forever in eternity with him. You know, if we open to him, he will change us by his grace and by his power. We'll demonstrate increased fruits of the Holy Spirit. And God is preparing us, therefore, for greater blessing. Maybe even today, you want to open yourself to God for the first time. You ask him to change you as you repent of your sin. You say, oh, I'm fed up with this life. I want to live for you, Jesus. I'm turning all the way around. I'm living for you. And you will know an incredible blessing from God as he saves you and gives you life in all its fullness. Why don't I pray? If you want to make that step, we're going to sing in a moment, and uh, you can you can do business with God right then. And if you do, please let us know, because we'd love to hear from you and help you on your journey. Let's pray together. Father, I want to thank you for your great love to us. I want to thank you, God, for what you're about in these days. Lord, I pray that you would help us to be open to you. Lord, we're here to reflect you and to be like you. Would you make us more like you through the circumstances that we are facing? Lord, we recognize that the path of following Christ is often a difficult one and full of suffering as we take up our cross. But Lord, we know that as we do that, we are being made like you. Would you continue the work that you've started in us, that we might be and see greater blessing in our day? Lord, as a result of all this, we pray for those that are lonely and scared and anxious and broken, Lord, and jobless and sick. Lord, would you be with them? And Lord, would you help us in another day to be more like them, more like you, that we can help them to an even greater measure. Thank you, God, for all that you are about. Amen.